Right. Every now and again, uh, people ask me a question about, well, what, what's Pilgrimage 17 about, what we're hoping to get out of it, and that kind of thing. And today, I hope that I give us a little bit more of a feel of the, the kind of bit for all of us, the, the, the corporate the corporate thing that I think we've got for us. So on the preceding weeks, we have had various props. I will go behind here and bring them out. So we have had... I could just do it all like this, can not I? Right. <laughs> There's a lot of sharp things back here. Right. So if you remember, we had, first of all, we had the backpack. Heidi talked to us about the backpack, Yes. Let's click on my first clicker. There we go. Backpack, prepared for an unexpected journey. She talked about how God put stuff in us, things ready to pull out, yes? And then, oh, actually, in the backpack is hidden Anthony's compass, right? That sense of knowing where God's going to direct us. Not a map laid out to us, but a sense of that inner knowing, in fact, I think I saw something in the, about, was it the birds? The birds having something in them to help them have the right direction. Okay, some birds have it, some don't, I suppose. Um. <laughs> Ooh. Right, okay. Um, but that sense of direction. Anyone ever read the book, I Am David? Just two of us then. Right. It's a great story, um, and it's been made into a film about a boy... It's a fictional kind of prisoner camp in Eastern Europe during the whole communist period, and he's helped to escape by a guard, and he's got to go back and find his family, and he's grown up in this camp. And he's given a compass and said, go north of this mountain, and then when you hit that city, go like that. And he, he starts, and he's never seen a compass before, and he starts, and he comes across a thorn bush, and he thinks, right, I'll walk around it. But, of course, the compass moves. So in the end, he goes through the thorn bush, because he doesn't know that a compass will let you reline again and get direction going. He almost tries to use the compass like a map in that sense, and has, as Anthony described that. But that whole thing about the fact that God can put that inner direction, that inner permission in us. This, Martin has taken... I asked Martin if I could borrow his uh, machete, and he said, no, I need it for the children. That's where he is at the moment. Um, some of you may be a bit concerned. But I've, I've got this one instead. That's quite good. Um, that whole sense about cutting through, yeah? It's, it's quite blunt. It's quite blunt. It's all right. <laughs> Fingers came off. Um, cutting through. And, and not only the fact that we might have things cut off and, and the different things that Martin talked about there in terms of all those, those wrong kind of uh, those, uh, entanglements, but also that other thing that we would see ourselves, some of us, would, would want to grab hold of that anointing to help cut other people through. And that whole thing about clearing away in the jungle, of course, is for the people that come after you as well. So that was key. So we had that message as well. And then we have the... Oh, here we go. The ice axe. Yeah, helping us attain new heights. That was Jamie's one. But that thing of hope, do you know that very small amount of, of hold do you have to get to be able to pull yourself up on that? That small sense of hope. Now, we might come back, we're going to leave that clip for now. We may come back to that because 
is a great clip from a film about hope being kindled. So we might come back to that if we have time, but that whole sense. So we've got these, we've looked at these different, these four different things. So unexpected journey, being prepared, God putting stuff in us, cutting through the jungle, cutting away from me and others, equipped with a sense of God's direction, not a rigid roadmap, taking to new heights, hope, and where danger becomes a playground. Excellent. So those, and I suppose we will be looking, I have another artifact here, which we will come to in due course. Let's have a little look. Partly what we're expecting, and we've had it already from what Jamie shared and what we've shared throughout, is that when we come together, good stuff happens. Yeah? That's, that's a clear thing I've got as we've been, over the past year, we've been starting to talk to people and that we just generally have an expectation that, that good stuff happens when we come together. And I think that's good. It's, you know, when, when brothers dwell together in unity, God commands a blessing. That's good. The other side I want to look at is that sense of opening up a shop. The shop's open. That means that we have stuff to share. You don't open up a shop if there's nothing in there. You only open up a shop if there's something there to share. And so we're going to go into that a little bit today. Right. When you, you wouldn't believe how hard it is to come up with a name for something, right? It's really hard. We, we tried all kinds of things. I've had all exciting names. I sat down with Anthony and Jamie and Debbie, and we knocked names around. We talked about themes and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so you may think Pilgrimage 17 is not very exciting, but, you know, you should see some of the other ones we had. Dad, Dad quite likes Gilgal, but... You know, you have to be really big on your Bible knowledge to know that, but I couldn't get away with that. And at one point, we thought, right, let's not try to name it. Let's describe what we want to see happen. And has anyone ever here kind of had a little ideas session with Anthony McKernan? It's good, you know. He's not, you know, he's not like some people in my family with, you know, unexciting faces. Anthony's like, he's right there with you. And, uh, and I said, well, it's, it's kind of like we want to we have a general store. We want to be able to equip people. And it's like we'll, we'll be Sherpas and we'll have a Sherpa general store. And he's like, yes, that's exciting. That's really exciting. We'll do that. And, and then a couple of months later, he kept on reminding me about the Sherpa general store. And I couldn't remember what I, what I meant at the time. <laughs> and that's why today's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> but, but essentially... It was a picture, analogy for us for this conference. But let me be really clear. I'm, I'm not just about a date. I'm not just about us going to, to Wales. I'm, I'm talking about an epoch, a time of change. Yeah? And we've already seen that. See, one of the things about doing, having all this stuff was, was that sense of ramping up was about a time of change. So we've seen people grasp hold that sense of, of being equipped of getting stuff in the backpack or recognising what God's put in the backpack. I have been so excited because I've been so burdened to see people start to be cut free. And we've seen whole stuff about mental health and all those kind of things, even the testimonies we had today. We want to say, we don't, we're not waiting to go to Wales, not storing up all our problems so we can go there and get it all dealt with. That's not, that's not the idea. I want to start now. Yeah, I just want to go up higher and higher. That's what, that's what I'm wanting. And so we, we want to see these things. So we're talking not just about an event. We're talking about a change. So, I think this time uh, before God is a time of, of receiving gifts, but it's also a time of providing and giving to others, and that's really what I have on my heart for us.
Right. So if I was to say we were going to be called a general store, what is your picture of a general store? We'll see if this one works. Uh, it's a bit small. That's, that's my picture of a general store. It says all shucks. All shucks, general store. General store can kind of be a bit small, can kind of be a bit, you know, it's kind of, we tend to have a pound shop now. We don't have general stores in the same sense. That's not quite the picture I've got, okay? There's, there's an old one, all the bits. Of, part of the thing about a general store, particularly in cowboy times, is you could get everything there. You just, it was, it was a place to get everything in. And, and of course, my favourite general store is these two. And I, open all hours, yes. And uh, the thing about open all hours, how many times, how many times did someone come in, he got a surplus of something, and no matter what they came in for, they went left with the thing that he had a surplus of. And I was going to try and hunt out a video, but I realised that would, it didn't need to take us where we need to go. But... Um, when people come amongst us, so when people come in terms of the delegates, but also the people we connect with every day as we go out on our mission fields, we don't want to lump them with the stuff we've got more of. We want to give them the thing that they need, that we've got, we've got grasped off, and we can give them. We don't want to be like our cry um, uh, in many ways. So, <laughs> right. So, this is another picture. Because the young people won't know about open all hours, we'll see, can we, will this one work from here? It is embedded. This is another picture. When I think about a general store, this is what I thought of. Wandering Oaken's trading post. Ooh, and sauna. Big summer blowout, half-half swimming suits, clogs, and a sunbalm of my own invention, yeah? Oh, great. For now, um, how about boots? Winter boots and dresses? That would be in our winter department. Oh. Um, I was just wondering, has another young woman, the queen perhaps, I don't know, passed through here? Only one crazy enough to be out in this storm is you, dear. <laughs> you and this fellow. Woohoo! Big summer blowout. <laughs> okay. Right. So it's a it's a fun little clip. So what's happened is it's supposed to be the summer, but there's been terrible things happen, and it's winter again. Yes. And if any of you, like me, secretly like Frozen, it was just a good excuse to watch that again. So, and so you've got the storekeeper who here, he is not aware of the times and the seasons. He is still trying to push the summer stuff, yeah? And I think that's the thing about us. We need to be kind of aware, what is God doing? What is the time and the season? The, the chap who's just come in, he's really not happy because he sells ice for a living. And that's obviously not a great thing to do in the winter. So, but... One of the things, one of the little phrases we have at Lifeline is about, are we focused on the 96% or the 4%? Well, what does that mean? Over the years, God has blessed us. And we've seen great things happen. We've seen great results through the Lifeline Institute. We've seen great funding opportunities and different things come in. But we have a habit, I think it's probably a bit of an English thing, of saying, yeah, 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 all of that, that's the 96%. Oh, but we didn't do that, the 4%. 
we have that, we have that choice to say, well, you know, yeah, we've got all this, but we've not got that. And I think part of the thing about um, operating a general store is us reflecting on what we have in us. Now, there's a, there's a fine line between saying, okay, God's given us a lot of stuff and Lifeline is perfect, all right? I'm not saying we're perfect. I am, you're not, but, yeah. I'm not saying we're perfect, but we've got some stuff to be thankful for. And if we're not thankful for it, then we can't access it and we can't share it with other people. So partly what, I, what I'm saying about this time is this is a time for us to open the doors of the store. For us, as a body of people, and the network as well, to be saying, we have got some good stuff to be sharing with the world out there. Okay? It's not little old us. It's look what God has done amongst us. Jamie was so right about um, Lisa's testimony. How did it get to Sunday before we heard? It's amazing. Amazing. And cancer falling off your face. That's amazing stuff. And, and that's just one thing. There's loads of other stuff. All the, all the time we're hearing about things that happen and we need to celebrate and recognise those things. And we need to be in tune with what God's doing. We want to be, we want our catchphrase to be the lifeline is always relevant. So we need to not look down on the resources we have and the know-how. When, ah, I knew I was missing something. Right. Um, faith, I've been at Faith Action now for 10 years. Uh, it kind of crept up on me. I came for a couple of years and couldn't get away. So, um, and a couple of years ago, or maybe three years ago, Rhodey joined us. Three, which is, give me the fingers, right, three. Um, and we would, we would send her to meetings and different things, and she would say, you don't know how much you know already. Because we'd say, just go to this meeting, you know, just say whatever comes to mind. She said, but Daniel, you know things. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> we don't know anything. We make it up as we go along. That's the way government policy works. Um, but it took a while, and here's the interesting thing, now, now she knows stuff. So I noticed last week, um, and we're pleased to, we'll have to give proper testimony about what's happening, happening at Faith Action, but I noticed last week, of all the emails coming through, she's being asked out to do more talks than I am. So now she knows stuff. But the interesting thing is, Felicity and I, were, we kind of get on and do it type people. Yeah? And we just didn't realise how much knowledge we'd accumulated. And I think that goes for us. We don't know how much is in us. And remember, it's not... Remember what Mark shared a couple of months ago about the gems? Remember the gems in us? See, when we, we're together, we're not as individuals, we're corporate. So when, when I walk into things and, and walk into situations, when you walk into situations, you're not only going with you, you're going with us. So when I can talk about our experience, I not only think about my experience, I'm talking about our experience. So there's that corporate knowledge, that corporate thing that we have. And I think it's important that we start thinking in that way. What's in the, it's not only what's in the, my hands in the store, it's all the other stuff that's available to us. And to be able to put our hands on different things. It so happens. This tends, God is really gracious, and what he graciously does is sometimes I have an idea, I think it's my own, and then I find it in the Bible. I this whole thing about Isaiah 60. It was a number of years before I found it. I thought it was an original idea. This is interesting. This is a message. It says, um, says, Then you see how every student well-trained in God's kingdom is like the owner of a general, a general store. See? <laughs> Who can put his hands on anything you need, old on you exactly when you need it. 
Okay, we're going to talk about this a little bit. But it's interesting to look at this in context. So Jesus has been sharing a whole bunch of parables, parable of the, the seed sower, parable of the pearls, looking at the parable of the fishing. And it's interesting to know that um, the disciples say to him, you're telling these stories, but you're, you're not really explaining them. People aren't understanding them. And he says something very interesting. Those who essentially understand, or those who have revelation, will get more revelation. Now, that's a bit of an uncomfortable thing. It kind of feels a bit unfair. And we can get into, you know, all of that. But here's the interesting thing. We're the people that understand stuff. We're the people with revelation, us here. And I think what it's saying is there's more revelation, more understanding coming our way. But we need to act like people with understanding, not think we're the people that don't understand because of what God's done with us. So there's more coming our way in that sense. It's also interesting, we're really talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom kind of flips around a little bit. It's really precious what we have. So we see a man sells a field, uh, sells everything to buy a field, sells everything to get a pearl. The net that the fisherman brings is so stuffed full that he can afford to throw fish out. That's the abundance that we've got available to us. And that's the abundance we've already got within us as well. At the end of this section, we find out that Jesus, well, we knew earlier, Jesus is in Nazareth. And the people hearing him say, first of all, wow, isn't it great what he's saying? And hang on, they say, hang on, we know him, we know his sisters. Oh, he's just Jesus. They go really quickly from being wowed by saying, oh, it's familiar. We won't bother. And it's at that point that Jesus says that a prophet's not recognised in his hometown. The danger of us not being thankful, not uh, expressing what we've got, not saying again to one another, is we actually lose out on it. It's potency. It's thing for us. And as I did in Nazareth, in that sense. Let's have a look at some of these bits. So in, in the verse, it talks about a student well-trained in the kingdom, um, an owner of a general store, old and new. We'll come back to the new in a minute. Oh, look, it's gone the wrong way round. That'll be interesting. There we go. So, as I've looked at different versions, it's interesting how it's described the, the person. Sometimes it's said a student, sometimes it's said a teacher. What you get together is this sense of continual learning. A reflective practitioner for the teachers around you. Okay, that continual learning, not stopped, not still. Um, we might say someone who's still learning, someone's still on pilgrimage. You know, we're not stopping, not settling. The next bit then is about being well trained. Well, part of the sign of being a good uh, student or a good teacher is being able to do the things that said. It's kind of it's a sign. If you neglect these things, then probably you're not a good student in that sense. The owner. They're the owner. So what does that mean? They possess stuff. They can deploy it. You've not got to ask permission. You can go ahead. And that's part of the thing here. We've got permission to do things. That's really, I think, what Anthony was picking up there on that whole thing about the compass, that sense of permission. We've got a sense of direction. Let's go. And everything's available, not restricted to uh, specialisms or silos in that sense. Sometimes there's new revelation we need to get our hands on. And sometimes there's hard-fought truths or heights that we have obtained and we need to get hold of. 
We saw the radical normal as we looked at all that stuff. Um, we've got, we've, we've attained some heights. We've got some great revelation. I think every time we looked at stuff about shared life, um, accountability and discipleship, I started to think, you know what, I think there is some, I think we've kind of come down the mountain a little bit. I think there's some heights to reobtain. As we've heard some of the stories in our history, I think there's things to, to retake. We don't want to just plateau and, and leap down in that sense. Let's, let's just hear it. Um, I've chatted to Phil, and I think he's here, and, um, and we were talking a little bit. Well, we're quite familiar with the old. So let's, let's, let's wonder a little bit about the new. So Phil's going to come and talk about some of his expectations for our time. John, John was encouraging us to um, think about our expectations for this next period. Um, really, as we move to Pilgrimage 17 and not seeing that as just an event, but where is God leading us on this journey? Um, so these are some of the thoughts that I had. Um, that our children would grow together in a new way. That this would, when I say our children, I mean all of our children, not, not just mine. Our children would grow together in a new way. They would be characterized by extraordinary levels of love, relationship, serving, and caring. The basis of this would be an openness and a tuneness to the spirit, following his nudges and expressing God's heart to those around them. The expression of this would be seen as surprising when comparing this to the previous generations and especially to the culture around them. And yet their lives in the next little while would just represent the tiny seed of what God has actually planted. Fast forward 20 years and that seed will have taken root and would grow to a new level of radical living in the community. For those standing outside of time and looking on, this generation would appear to be a breakthrough generation. So that sense of real significant kind of step change um, in this next while. Our children, as they grow up, will know God's heart in a real way. They will have clarity for their lives. By this, I don't mean that they won't have to wrestle with uncertainty, but they will have the rod of the kingdom purpose helping them to grow straight. Their ambitions would be God-centered, and we would see these arrows fired powerfully forward into the kingdom. Some will bring order to business, others to health, others to education, others to the way cities are planned and grow. The children's passion to pursue a chosen path or degree or employment route and then a career would not come from a selfish desire for self-promotion, but from a sense of clear commissioning from him. This will be right uh, this will be expressed by the children by strong but right levels of drivenness. So it's that sense of taking the kingdom by force, um, you know, that, that we hear in the Bible. I also expect that we will see the next stage of cultural grafting, leading to even greater levels of unity. Already to many churches, we would look mixed. <clears throat> but um, those from different cultures would live and breathe our kingdom DNA in a new way. They would not feel different, but instead would be completely and utterly one in body and find new ways of transforming the cultures around them. This would be true both from a point of view of ethnicity and also social class, um, as is traditionally seen. Um, and I felt, you know, when Nathan brought that prophetic word to Elian Balthazar about, um, I think it was reaching out, 
to new peoples. I, f I felt like that was a stirring of something new, but I kind of I'm expecting more of that. That as as we become greater one, that we're going to be finding new ways out into the communities that, that um, we have connections with. I also see new levels of clarity and boldness for all those quiet warriors within our body. Those who see themselves as playing support roles or perhaps less in integral will come to a new understanding and a new fruitfulness and a new boldness that would rise up and take hold of their God-given roles and pursue them with a strong fight. Thank you, Phil. So partly, I suppose, it's a bit of a challenge to us all to be saying, OK, let's not just get into autopilot. We've got, you know, a lot of us have got to be having, uh, hosting people and getting all things practically ready, houses cleaned and all that kind of stuff. But we don't want to go and then partway through think, oh, hang on, there's something available. What, what is the, what's our expectation? What's our, what things we, do we want to get? I've been asking my family, what's our, what do we want to ask? What do we want to ask God for? What do we want to be equipped with? What do we want to get out of this time? And just surviving is probably not what I'm thinking of. I think something slightly higher than that, in that sense. Let me just read you what it says in the uh, Amplified. I saved a space here. Um, in terms of that verse, he said to them, Therefore, every teacher, interpreter of the sacred writings who's been instructed about and trained for the kingdom of heaven and has become a disciple is like a householder who brings forth out of the storehouse treasure that is new and treasure that is old, the fresh as well as the familiar. So we want that fresh and familiar stuff going on. So that's, that gives us a bit of a picture of the general store, but let's have a little look at the Sherpa in itself. We'll go for that next video. I think you'll do better than me. So, what has just happened is the young guy here has just come from a session with a psychiatrist because he was showing some kind of um, post-traumatic stress stuff, but he didn't recognise it, right? So the old guy, who's kind of a bit of a father, a gruff father figure, uh, has just said, how'd it go, right? And he himself had problems, he's an alcoholic and had problems in his past, so there's kind of backstory. That's enough, there you go. How'd it go? Did you wait around for me? How'd it go? He thinks I may have an eating disorder. Josh. And uh, fear of rectangles. That's not weird, is it? I didn't cut my hand on a glass. I broke a window in my apartment. This guy's walking down the street when he falls in the hall. The walls are so steep he can't get out. A doctor passes by and the guy shouts up, Hey, you, can you help me out? The doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hall and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy shouts up, Father, I'm down in this hall, can you help me out? The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down in the hall and moves on. And a friend walks by. Hey, Joe, it's me. Can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. Our guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before, and I know the way out. As long as I got a job, you got a job, you understand? 
Right. Oh, I lost my juice. <laughs> right. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? I've been there before. I can show you the way out. I think the one of the words that I was looking at is this whole idea of a pathfinder. Someone who can find the way, who can show the way. And one of the things we have to realize is that we've been pathfinders. We, we know the way. We've had to find it. Sometimes we have to cut ourselves loose. But actually, there's something very powerful. You, you can go to books, and you can go to all kinds of things, and you can essentially be thrown written evidence, written instruction. But there's something about someone who will walk with you. Yeah? And when we hear the story about, uh, when we hear about Joe Richard, when we hear about these different things, we've, we're, there's some joy and excitement in us because we've walked with these things. We've walked with people. And we've walked through various different circumstances. And we have to realize that corporately, we have a lot of pathfinding experience there. Okay? And there's some different pictures of pathfinders. Bear with me. This is like a negative one to make a positive point. Okay? This is an incendiary bomb. Okay, so my my grandfather was a fireman during the Blitz uh, in the East India Dock area, and one of the problems used to be the Germans used to fly over. We did it as well. This is actually a British incendiary device, just to you know, there's any Germans present. Um, <laughs> but essentially, these things they'd throw these out the plane and they would drift down and there'd be a light. They'd have some kind of magnesium and stuff in them. They'd burn, and the idea was they they dropped on things, and they'd start fires going, so that when the German bombers came over, they'd be able to see where to go. They were pathfinders, not in a nice way, but pathfinders, and they'd blow, they'd they'd know where to drop their bombs and that kind of thing. Um, And so that whole sense about the, the power of a pathfinder is not in itself, but what comes after it. But it has to go, yeah? You can't just drop bombs anywhere, because that would be like being Americans. Um... Then, and then the other, the other Pathfinder, it's funny, trying to look at an image of Pathfinders, I've just got lots of cars coming to me. But this is, I remember this, it was a really dodgy film, but a Pathfinder here is a paratrooper. They're dropped into an area to find a way to bring people in, to make a difference. And it was interesting to see that this is the symbol of a Pathfinder. It's, it's a torch with wings. It's that sense of being able to parachute and go in. And I kind of see that's us, torch with wings, that we can show the way. We've been there before in that sense, okay? So I think we have that, that calling for us to be pathfinders. So ultimately, we're coming to the Sherpas here. Bless them. Look at that chap. Oh, you can't see it at the bottom. Can we, the, can we have the lights? They're off. Oh, right, there you go. It's a really gnarly picture. This bloke seems like he's seen a lot of life. He's seen a few things. That's what we look like. <laughs> but look, look at these different factors here. There you go. I mean, the superb, superb pictures of what these guys are carrying on their backs and different things. So, so they've been there before. They're the real heroes. They often hear you know, climbers talk about that. They're the people that make things happen in that sense. So they've got, they've got experience. They've got a certain determination. I heard a story about, it wasn't a Sherpa, it was an Amazon guide, and they, they looked, the, video, the uh, TV camera swung round to look at him, and he was trekking through the Amazon rainy forest with all these Westerners with all their gear, and he was wearing a pair of women's flip-flops two sizes too small for him. There was that sense of being able to go. And my cousin spent some time in the port at one point, and he talked about Gurkhas and, and um, 
and, and Sherpas and that kind of thing. So they, one thing's really different about those guys, they have upper bodies because they've been doing the rest of the people just kind of really slim. Um, and I was talking to David about uh, his dad worked with Gurkhas and they were, you know, they were, they were some astounded people. So they've got determination and energy. And they're the ultimate number two. They're the people that make things happen. They get behind and make things happen in that sense. Now, at one point, anyone here ever played rugby? Right, okay. Yes, some of you look more like rugby players. It may be hard to believe, but, but I played rugby. <laughs> I wasn't shaped like a ball. Um, and I'm just trying to spot an appropriate youth to give a picture of what I look like. It's, it's a little bit more actually like not youth, but Phil, if you look at Phil, stand up, Phil. So I was stringy like him. Kind of, you know, wiry, like kind of thin. I was not, you know, I didn't have the stage presence I have now. And, um, <laughs> and uh, the thing is, I was the biggest thing around. So what happened to that? I was, I was the number two. I was, the, I was on the second row. And all, all, particularly with St. Ed's, we were, it was a basketball year. So it meant I spent all my time pushing and walking backwards most of the time. So even if we won a scrum... We would then have to run backwards because the backs would have lost the ball. It was like it was a whole year of going backwards and that kind of thing. And at one point, it was interesting, one of the, one, the number eight, um, who's the chap who comes behind you with a certain impetus, says, you're pushing against the scrum. And I'm thinking, there's really only one way to go. So I'm not sure what's happening. But it's interesting because I think there's a similarity with the number two. They, you don't score a try often as a second row as, when, you're, when you're in the scrum. You, you don't get much of the glory, but you do, in theory, have the power and the determination to make other people succeed and that kind of thing. And I think that's partly what we're there to do. The other, the other thing I reminded is when I was teaching, I remember having a parents' evening, and, um, and I sat down with this gentleman, and his, his son was all right, but I realised that his whole attitude was that he, it was him versus me. Um, that me as a teacher was the enemy. And at one point I said, um, I said to him, I said, let me just explain to you, my whole success is based on thrusting education down your child's throat, if I can put it negatively. I cannot succeed unless he succeeds. So I am on your side. I was on his side, not on your side, on his side. I want it to work. I'm, my whole purpose, the whole purpose of my success is him doing better. So that's trying to change this idea that I'm there to hinder him. I'm actually trying to help him do all right. And it was fascinating just to kind of get that thing. But to be in a role where our whole purpose, our whole success is based on someone else's success. And that's part of the role of the Sherpa. Our whole success is based on someone else. We're willing, we're rooting, we want to see people succeed. We've been there before. We've been done similar things before. But we want to see them succeed in that sense. And they're not preoccupied with getting the glory. It's a shame that we don't see more about Sherpas and that kind of thing because they, they, uh, they are the power behind things. So what is our, what is our latest uh, artefact? Well, it's the walking boots. Yeah? Because the walking boots say something. It's funny, at one point I thought, well, they're comfortable. They're not comfortable, are they? They're, they're suitable. You wouldn't, you wouldn't wear walking boots around the house. Um, well, not in my house. You'd be in a lot of trouble. But, 
but they are suitable for the thing we've got, and, and that's part of the stuff. We're, we're not at ease, we're not at comfort, we're poised, we've got suitable things to make a difference, and we've got experience in that sense. So, no, I'm not allowed to go on any further. Don't click it. Partly what we want to talk about, finally, is about our expectations. So, firstly, like, like I... So, try again? No? So, we have this expectation that when we go away, when we're together, it really happens any time. Whenever there's two or three of us gathered, there's God. Yeah? Now that means that just when we hang out, have breakfast, eat at the bus stop, all those different things, that that's, that's where we can see. But it, it kind of feels like it happens more when we're there and ready. Not because God wasn't there at the other time, I just think we're more tuned into it. We've got our ears open in that sense. That means that the coffee times are really quite important in that sense. Yeah? They're the times where we can work stuff out, where we can talk things through, where we can see what the new thing is. Our hospitality, I've, I've gone now to a number of different locations um, and met with people who've been over here, and they are so keen to reflect. They, they want all the hospitality we've shown here. When you go to Zimbabwe, they're trying to thrust it all into you as one person. And they're throwing all that hospitality on you. Um, we had a lot of eggs, I seem to remember, just once. Um, and uh, because it's those things, in some ways, we wonder whether all the teaching, Paul bless Jamie and the rest of us who do the teaching, but does that have any effect half as much as the hospitality and the way we treat people? Lawrence talks about as soon as he's picked up from the airport, the conversations and the richness he gets, and that's just us being us and sharing and wanting to do that. So the hospitality is really key in that sense of how we serve. I think serving is one of our secret weapons I don't think there's many churches, uh, many places where there's the level of mobilised people that we have. Okay, and that's something we need to celebrate in itself. We're equipped to equip. We've been led in a way that gives us the ability to lead. We're, we've we've t- talked about us being a church full of leaders. Well, it's not everyone. Everyone's running off and having a new vision, but we're we're there. We're like Sherpas. We're like pathfinders in that way. We need to be able to recount the old. Remember the thing that was said in that verse, it's the, store, the general storekeeper who's able to put his hand on anything. So to be able to put our hands on stuff at the right time in the right place, we need, to be, we need to have it in our minds. How many times have you gone and met with someone and then after you've met with them, you realize, oh, I didn't, forgot to tell you this or that or the other. Yeah? We want to be uh, thankful and ready to talk about the stuff we have. And also ready to grasp the new. And that's what I'm saying about some of those coffee times in that sense. Our kids have been looking a little bit, I think, at the uh, uh, Shout workshop about Isaiah 43, about, um, about the new thing. And it's interesting that when we look at the verse around pilgrimage itself, it talks about, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca, which is translated as the valley of tears, it's a dry valley, springs come forth. So just our travelling through can make a difference. Just our coming through can make a difference in the way we are in that kind of thing. So 
pan for gold at coffee times. Yeah? Let's see what else can be. And when I say coffee times, I mean all the in-between times. Just expect different things to happen. We want to be ready to share, like the general store. We want to be able to lay our hands on things with thankfulness. And like Sherpas, we want to share the wisdom that we've journeyed through. We're professional pilgrims. We don't settle. We're moving on still. And we've got corporate memory in those things. So in that sense, today is about us rather than me as an individual. But it might be that part of your response is to say, actually, I would like to get hold of this. I've heard people give testimony about uh, stuff to do with anxiety or depression or those kind of things. I want to I wanna see those things myself. I've seen people um, exercise in the prophetic. I want to... I want to be someone who can put my hands on these things as well. I want to be equipped. I want to get some of that corporate stuff. I want to see breakthrough in relationships. So that's all fine. But part of the thing is, let's raise our expectations of ourselves. It's not little old us, okay? It may feel like that, but we have a whole host of things that we together have journeyed in that sense. And we'll be looking at more of those things as we come through. Remember, you might see yourself as a little guy, but there's a lot of power amongst us. We are a, we're a crew of Sherpas with a general store behind us, yeah? Good.